Climbing the Pocket, the original show goes live. Oh, snap. We are back once again. It is the Climbing the Pocket podcast. I am your host, Jason Brown. You can find me on Twitter at BrownJason. Full crew couldn't make it. We got some young kids and some fatherly responsibilities that needed to be taken care of. But the man we got here, he's got no babies waiting for him. That we know of. The man, the myth, the legend, the sexy prince is here. How you doing, my man? How you been? I'm good. It was a it was a very long work day, but uh, you know, happy to have a Vikings win. Um, Are you? So let's get to it, man. Let's get okay. to it. Let's okay. get to it, Dave. Before we get too deep into it, can I get you to tilt maybe your camera down for me just a little? Oh shit! He made it. Looks like made it. Fresh cut. Miles, how we doing? Thought you My were bad. away with Zay handling fatherly business. We're ready to jump in. But how you doing, man? How you been? I'm doing all right. It's chilling. All right. We about to get to it here. And Prince was just telling us how excited and happy he was that we got a Vikings win. Prince, tell us more. You know, um, I'm very, very excited for our team, the Minnesota Vikings. I think um, we came out uh, flat very, very, very early. Um, I, I think we stayed in line with the team that we probably should have blown out. Um, defense played, you know, the defense played well. You know, we had some some good explosive plays from Cam Danzer. Um I think overall the defense is, I think it's starting to get into their niche. But again, we were playing against Mike Lennon and the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were one in ten when we came in. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that'd be the only thing to talk about, right, Jason? There's not anything that that come into my mind that that I would I would want to. Oh, Kirk Cousins, yes, yes. Um, not playing like a top five quarterback. Um, not playing horribly. I, I'm not going to say that he played horribly, but not top five quarterback, right? And here's the thing: is oh, are we going to do this every uh, single week? Though, is this going to be like I mean, an no, every single not. week? Miles, you got to let me finish. You got to let me finish, man. What I'm going to say is, is I'm not I, honestly, I'm not as down on Kirk as as one might think, you know, because at the end of the day, he's going to have games where it's going to start off where he isn't playing well. My expectation is that. By the end of the game, is we see a better quarterback. You know, it, it, it matters more so what he's doing um, in the fourth quarter, last couple minutes of the game, than it does what he did. You know, the first you know thirty minutes. So uh, I, I don't think it was his greatest game. I think probably is maybe statistically his second worst game probably of the season. Um, stats were okay, but a lot of times, a lot of them came at the end. Honestly, I don't think that he played that bad when you look at it, you know, from in the team got a W and in part because he played well at the very end of the game. So uh, I don't really have very many gripes against him besides like, yeah, he, he did play like booty, lemon booty specifically uh, in the beginning of the game. But I think he played like the quarterback that you guys say that he is. More so on that when it mattered at that at the latter half. Though I don't feel like we should have been the game should have been in close at all. But that's my two cents. I mean, 
So I mean, there's a there's, there's a lot that there was a lot that was in there. It was a uh, if you're going by traditional statistics, it was a, a middle of the road ish game, passer rating of ninety nine point five. Uh, 300 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, completion per- completion percentage a little bit lower than we're used to seeing from Kirk Cousins at 65%. But yeah, I don't think anyone watching the game in the beginning was feeling super comfortable about how Kirk Cousins was playing. When you get into some things like PFF, yeah, it, it was a more grading process more so than the outcome. Uh, it was not scored as one of Kirk's best games of the season. Um what I'll disagree with him with what you said is that I would much rather my quarterback just play well early so we don't have to worry about what's going on later on. But, you know, maybe Kirk was just out here trying to crush yet another one of your narratives because I think we get to chalk another one of these up as a game-winning drive for Kirk Cousins here. So Kirk coming through clutch in the end, destroying yet another, you know, narrative that has been written about him by the Saxy Prince. So, uh, don't want every week to be a referendum on Kirk Cousins. Matt Collar actually wrote a pretty good piece on his site about why you kind of get this referendum every other week on Kirk because he is an up and down player. I think if we just accept that's what he is, we can kind of move on from that and not necessarily have to do this every week because he's the quarterback. The team's playing well enough now where we're not getting any of the other quarterbacks. The team is likely not moving up to get anybody. Kirk's the guy. He's here. They're going to try to build around him. So let's move on from that conversation and maybe talk about what's going on with the people that we do have here. So, Miles, they did not look good. They played quite poorly, came out very flat against the Jacksonville what did I, team what to did start I say? this game. What did I say last week? I mean, you pretty much called it. This was going to go down. And they didn't do it. Like, they won the game. So, of course, that's the... That's what the most important factor at the end, the end result is they won the football game. How they got there, how they got there is, is frustrating as hell, though. And, and uh, Anthony's not about to hand out Shout the out to Anthony. Hey, fact. Hey, he's hey, not that's wrong, clutch though. handing like, off right there. Hey, when you're, when you're worried about your kicker, you're, you know, well, yeah, that too, man. I mean, so – like Yinka talked about, the, the defense does seem to be coming together a little bit. There is still some spotty play. Like, like they obviously gave up the, the, the game-tying t- uh, touchdown drive and, uh, and the two-point two conversion and all that stuff. They let Mike Glennon do some fluky shit that they shouldn't be letting happen. But overall, like, wh- there's – one positive, one negative for the offense uh, from on Sunday that I I liked and did not like. So I'll start with the did not like because then I'll, I'll transition to the the like. What I didn't like again is what we we saw this against the Panthers. They just got lucky and well, actually no, yeah, they got lucky to win the, that game too. The offense giving the uh, other team opportunities, the turnover by Kirk Cousins and then the fumble by by Dalvin, like two unacceptable situations, like. And I know we talk about if they're going to throw more, like I think we talked about this in 2018 especially, if they're going to throw more, there's going to be more turnover-worthy opportunities for teams because that's just what happens Like when you throw the football. But that wasn't Sunday. Sunday wasn't one of those situations where, oh, man, we got to be careful so we're putting ourselves in these dangerous situations. No, that was just playing, being a little careless. Like They just were off, and you could see it to start the game. The first half was that way. Um, but so what I want to see, because you're, you're – what they have four games left. Two of those games are against good football teams. They can't play that type of way against those two good fo- two good football teams and expect 
the outcomes that we've seen. And the outcomes we've seen in these last two weeks have been close outcomes against bad football teams. So imagine what that if they do if they make these mistakes against good football teams. So um, that's that's the negative I have on on that part. The positive is I touched on is when they're not able to run the football as effectively as what what they've been able to do in the past. We've seen this team struggle to 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 pass. Well, at least again another one of the scenarios where the run game is so so. But they're able to kind of get the hit some explosive plays. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you know, had some explosive plays. I mean, Justin Jefferson's playing like a like a dog right now, and like, and so, like, we need it. Like, it's it's one of those situations where Justin Jefferson's carrying this passing t- passing offense uh, without you know Irv Smith gone. Um, Adam Thielen's still playing well, so don't get me wrong there. That's not. But like, clearly, you got Justin Jefferson doing doing a lot of the grunt work in terms of helping this team get down the field, and so. I like seeing that. I like seeing explosive pass plays, and I like the opportunities. I like the way Kubiak's scheming up uh, the the deep ball and, and doing all that, uh, especially in a situation where you were like, man, we can't get any explosive plays in the first half, but they come out in the second half, they're able to kind of stretch things out, kind of loosen up the defense from the, the Jaguars to help themselves out later in the game. So I like seeing that part of it. Um, so, yeah. What's up, Prince? You, you you raised your hand, so I feel like I have to to give you your piece now. Oh, I was I was just agreeing with Miles as far as uh, what what Justin Jefferson has been. Um, I you know I hesitate to anoint him as wide receiver one, um, just because Adam Thielen I think is still balling up as well too. Uh, but it, it it's hard to see the things that he's doing on the football field. Um, and Jason, you've said it. You said it. Uh, even when uh, you know years after Stephon Diggs was drafted, it's like you're really looking for those wide receivers who are going to be, you know, the future of your team to uh, to really perform in, in those first couple of games in the season. And yeah, so Justin Jefferson wasn't what he is now, but we're we're already starting to see it. We saw that same thing with Stephon Diggs, like that KC game, that Denver game. We knew who who Stephon Diggs was from a very early um, part of his career. So. It's very, very encouraging to see him um, meet and exceed some expectations that we had from him. I know we all wanted to be cautiously optimistic, but I think it's, I think it's time for us to be okay with just saying, like, yo, this is a really, really dope wide receiver that we have who is, who is going to be one of our faces of the franchise for, for years to come. Um, and not to say that people aren't already saying that. It's just to say that, like, I'm, I'm comfortable – uh, with with how he's performed, what uh, the kind of tr- trust I see with, between him and Kurt, um, things that he's just doing on the field. Um, I still miss stuff yeah. on Diggs, but man, is is he is he making it hard to, uh, you know, flip over to those Buffalo games? Hey, hey, for real though, what I want to touch on too is with Justin Jefferson. What's really impressive about what he's been able to do, kind of like what we saw with Stephon Diggs as a rookie, was. They didn't really get a lot of opportunities to start the first few few weeks of the season. Um, but what's even more impressive to me with Jefferson um, is the last – they played 12 games now. The last 10, you know, 10 games, uh, he's essentially – he's about he's, – he's on pace to break the rookie record for receiving. But, like – and I know you could, you could talk about eras and all that stuff and how, you know, we're in an era now where throwing is more, more common than it ever, it's ever been. But the Vikings don't don't fit that narrative. They're not in that, a part of that. The Vikings aren't a part of that 
we throw the ball, you know, 60% of the time, 65%. They're not that. That's not who the Vikings are. Obviously, in certain situations when you're in garbage time, that stuff happens. But overall, in neutral game script, the Vikings want to run the football. They want to be a 50-50, maybe even 60-40 run, run to run to pass type of team. And Jefferson's still putting up these, the, these types of numbers. And he's on pace to break the rookie record uh, on a run-heavy offense, in a run-heavy offense. That's, to me, that's even more impressive than I think it's even getting credit for because you don't see that very often. Like we, yeah. we harped I'd say on, the only on, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I'd say the only thing that the only thing that has me um maybe saying to pump the brakes a little bit uh on, on really all the offense this year is just how bad all the defense everywhere across yeah. the NFL has yeah. been. So Justin Jefferson is balling, he's very, very good on tape. I think it's very clear that what he's doing is something that will translate and continue to be good. I just, uh, with everything, like we were talking to Eric uh, offline, and I think also kind of before we started recording a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he's saying that even just from like the stuff they're doing at PFF, where they track, you know, the overs, all those numbers are way higher this year than they've, than they've ever been. And the actuals that are coming in are way higher across the entire league. So it's one of those things where I expect Justin Jefferson to continue to be good. I also wouldn't be surprised if next year we see a bit of regression because of how good he's been in the environment that he's in. He's taking advantage of what he's supposed to. And I think what's super um, nice to see about the whole thing is that as the season has come along, he's continuing to get a larger and larger and larger share of the Vikings, not just yards, but air yards and attempts and targets in the beginning. It was very, 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 very dealing heavy. And you can see that. Thielen was very often the first read in, in pretty much every progression for Kirk when he dropped back. But you're seeing now as the season has started to, to move along and the Vikings are starting to understand what they have, um, you're seeing a lot of the things that I think, Miles, you were asking for last season when you had a Stefan Diggs here, where move him around in the formation, run plays just to get him involved, get him going. And so from that perspective, and just the way the Vikings pass game has been kind of set up right now, we basically are just funneling all our targets to the people we should be funneling them to. Yep. You know, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Right now, if you look at it on airyards.com, between the two of them, they're commanding 39 and 36% of all the intended passing yards in the Vikings offense. And then, uh, yeah, there's nobody else that's a wide receiver over 10. That's fantastic to me. The only thing I would want is maybe next year get another awesome receiver so you can throw him in the mix and Chad Beebe and BC Johnson can not have to play on offense. But the way we're running it and the way we're focusing the targets to our best players, fantastic. More of that. Yeah. And yes, it does make the pain. Makes the pain far less, you know? If If we can, it's on Monday night. We'll flip over, see how Diggs is doing, give him his props. Once again, going in, making another quarterback, uh, a lot better than people thought he was before Diggs got there, much like they did with Case Keenum. But uh, yeah, it looks like this really and truly turned into one of those win-win trade scenarios at this point, if we're evaluating right now. We'll see how things go as we pull things forward. Loved it. But Yinka, you mentioned uh, Cam Dantzler. And so, Miles, I wanted to get your take. What are you seeing from um, the outside defenders from the Vikings? Because obviously early in the season when things were going really poorly – um, you know, there was a lot of spotlight on those guys for how they were playing. Yep. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about Gladney and how he was really progressing and coming along. You know, last week seemed to be the coming out party for uh, for Cam Dantzler. What are you seeing from him? 
And then uh, I guess maybe talk to me about how you see that translating against a different type of test that we're we're certainly going to face uh, when we line up against the weapons that Tampa Bay is going to be going to be bringing to us. Yeah, well, I mean, to start with Dantzler this week, I mean, it's not like uh, DJ Chark's a slouch either. So that was impressive. Like what 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 uh, Dantzler was able to do. Like I think we haven't been able to see uh, uh, a cornerback affect the game that way in terms. Of, in what, since 2018, uh, 2017 even, uh, in terms of that kind of high impact at the cornerback position. Like Xavier Rhodes at one point was a lockdown cornerback. That was kind of more, more of what I'm referring to. Like, And then you add on top of that the turnovers, that's, that's, even, more, that's even more impressive because you can go into a game and, and shut a sort of receiver down. That's impressive in itself. But if you can also shut receivers down and create turnovers – all right, now you're in a whole new ballpark because now you're now you're also helping your team score points and put points on the board and and do all that. So so for me, like that that's what the most impressive part is. You can see the confidence in Cam Dantzler, like that that you weren't seeing early in the year, and like that's that's that was expected. I, at least the hope with the expectation is as the games progress, as these guys get more opportunities to play, the game's going to start slowing down at some point. If they're the type of guys that you know are going to progress. Or at least that you ho- would hope to, ex- to to progress, and and you know Clifford made a great point. That was the first uh, interception by a cornerback this whole season. Like that's crazy. I mean, the linebackers have done a really good job. Harrison Smith's done a good job um, with with that. But like the cornerbacks see a lot of targets, so for them to be able to turn one around into an interception, that's impressive. And then you know Dancer having the wherewithal to 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 punch the ball out. Um, who was the? I don't remember who the receiver was. Was it Chart? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head, but. It doesn't matter. He was able to, you know, uh, force a turnover, uh, a, a force fumble, and then recover the ball. So, again, that you you saw what we talked about last week and you know last few weeks with Gladney is you're starting to see some of that uh, uh, the impact, but you're also starting to see some of that confidence. You start seeing that with Dantzler at the type of you know skin, skinny body, you know, really thin frame. He's a, a guy that you'd expect to get pushed around a little bit from more bigger physical receivers. That didn't happen on uh, on Sunday against Jacksonville against bigger physical type receivers too so you like seeing that you like seeing that a lot he's mirroring receivers in their routes you know he's understanding what the route concepts should look like and how he should defend them uh yeah that just again goes back to confidence and my assumption is working with zimmer and the db's coach i think is what uh jones um and and just kind of all getting on the same page of how this defense can work and how they can really be effective and so that's the most impressive part to me with dancer is um, especially with the, the head neck injury he had coming back and being as effective and as uh, confident as he's been able to be, that's impressive. And, you know, you hope to see it going forward. I mean, like you talked about they're going into uh, Tampa Bay against arguably the best trio in the league of receivers, um, you know, and that's, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be difficult. Uh, Dancer's going against, you know, up against a guy like Mike Evans on the outside. That's, you know, he's one of the better deeper uh deep receivers in the league, all, all around receivers in the league, uh, probably one of the more underrated guys too, um, just because, you know, he's also paired with Chris Godwin, who's, you know, brought his ascension since last year. So um, they're going to have, they're going to have some fits. I think what's even, what's going to be even harder for the, the, the DBs this week is they don't have the type of pass rush. They're going to have to create pass rush for themselves to get the ball out of Tom Brady's hands quickly, because if you let Tom Brady sit, he's going to pick you apart. But the one thing we do know, so what, what I do expect from Zimmer this week with that is more blitzes because what we do know 
is Tom Brady wants to get the ball out quickly. He wants to make quick, quick, decisive decisions. And so if that means throwing the ball deep quickly, he's going to do it. Um, so they're going to have their hands full. But I think if they can get creative and, and finding ways to create pressure, that's going to be important. It's going to be really hard to create pressure on this against this team, though. I mean, the way they operate, we don't, we just don't have the guys to do it. Like you got a banged up Eric Hendricks. Um, your best interior D lineman is, I think, still Shamar Stefan. It's kind of fluctuated. I mean, still, it is what it is. And your top DN last week was Jordan Brailford, a guy that they got from the practice squad. Like, come on now. Like, what are they supposed to do? And so they're they're really in this, a tough situation where if Eric Hendricks can't go, um, creating pressure is going to be even even more difficult. What's Zimmer going to do to help create? They're going to have to put Harrison Smith in the line of scrimmage a little bit more because he's going to be he's going to turn into Jamal Adams now, where he's going to be our best pass rusher. Like they might have to do that. So, what is the most effective way they can impact Tom Brady while also still helping out their cornerbacks? I don't know. <laughs> they're they're going to have to leave their cornerback on an on an Prince, island. You're the, so it's you're the defensive coordinator. You tell me what you're going to do because Miles just said a couple things there. He said that Tom Brady wants to make quick decisions. He wants to get the ball out quick. And we know that if you give Tom Brady too much time, he's going to pick you apart. So, Yink, I'm, 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 I'm curious to how you'd go about this. Are you going just full out trying to heat Tom Brady up every opportunity you get? Or are you going to do some of what Zimmer you know, does when you know he's really in his bag in some of these games and he starts to really mix those coverages and try to get the opposing quarterbacks to really have to think about things post-snap? Given the way the defense has been playing over the last little bit, albeit against lesser competition, what are you expecting from Zimmer? Are you expecting him to pull out some of those exotic coverages and maybe try to trick a Tom Brady and make him, you know, make some mistakes because he has to think a bit more than usual? Or are you just saying, you know, screw it, Gladney, Dantzler, whoever the hell it is we're putting on the other side, you just need to match up on the dude in front of you because we're sending heat after Tom Brady and we're going to try to get him to move off his spot. What are your thoughts, Prince? What are you doing? Yeah, we, we, we might have to have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen play both ways because <laughs> we don't need we don't need all the help that we can get. Uh, no, I am definitely not. This is not a game, honestly, that Zimmer is going to want to try to be, uh, you know, throw as much complicated scheme schematic things at, at, at Tom Brady as possible. Honestly, he's been in the league for twenty plus years, uh, or about twenty years. There's nothing that we're going to throw at him that he hasn't already seen. Um, I, I do think that you're just going to have to match up. You're going to you're going to take some. So, um, you're going to get burned, right? I, I think the best option the Vikings have is like you're you're going to have to rush uh, six constantly to to try to get something on on Brady. But that, frustrate that him. also means a lot of man coverage too. It, that, but but that honestly, that's the only way that I see us winning this game because I feel like. You sit in the zone, Brady will pick it apart. Uh, you try to, you know, schematically maybe rush uh, Harrison Smith over to the line and pull him back last minute. Like Brady, it just feels like he's expecting all those things and he's already built into his game plan the checks that he'll need to make sure that they're going to be able to get out of all those situations. So I, honestly, I'm just going to send the heat as, as often as I can. And yes, it, it means that Gladney and Danzler and Cole are going to be on an island. and. Honestly, it, it, we don't have a choice, to be honest, because you're going to get picked apart by Mike Evans. You're going to get picked apart by Chris Godwin. 
you might get picked apart by uh, Gronkowski. Well, you will get picked apart by Gronkowski. And if, if those don't work, you still have uh, go for native uh, Tyler Johnson who can still make You forgot play, Antonio so. Brown. Too, you forget though. Antonio Brown? Child, you guys are not making this any easier. <laughs> so I, I, I honestly, it's, it, 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 I try and I'm trying not to be disheartened by this game going forward, but they just have too many really weapons. Put Cameron Braid up on the screen. I was, I was just about to put Cameron Braid on the screen. Hey, hey. Uh, he said, hey, Cameron Braid. At the end of the day, he's about to go off, huh? He will. Honestly, this will be the game that that Braid will go off too. <laughs> It won't so, be anybody uh, else. Either. It won't be anybody. It else. won't exactly. So I'm I'm yeah, saying send the heat. Try to see if he can slow down. Try to see if he can slow down Brady. That's all. I, that's all I have as far as his game plan. And I'm sure Zimmer knows that. But you know, we'll see what happens on Sunday. All right. So I'm gonna ask you the question, Prince. Who is the uh, who's the player that we're not thinking about right now? Who's gonna show out in this game if the Vikings are gonna win? Who's the player? Because we're going in. This is really one of the best tests we're going to see on the season. If you're looking at things from like a DVOA perspective, Tampa's third overall. Uh, If you're looking at things from a PFF ELO standpoint, they're a little bit lower there. So DVOA says they're the best team that we've played all season. PFF says that's probably Green Bay, but it's a toss up. Either, Either one you're looking at, they're better than we are, according to those numbers. Who's going to do something unexpected for the Vikings for us to come out with this victory? Oh, that, that is a, a, a tough one. If we weren't so banged up, I would have a couple, uh, a couple of guesses. Um, but the funny thing is, is I would not be surprised. And I'm only throwing it because we talked about this before. I would not be surprised if this is a Samar Stefan game. What? I would not be surprised if something something weird happens and he is the no, guy Carl. that that he is the guy that that that, that wins this game for us. Goes Don't ask me. Fat man touchdown That's, is what Prince is calling. Uh, We're getting exactly <laughs> something's going to happen with Samar Stefan this weekend that is is going to be our key to victory. You heard it here first. Ooh, I like it. I like it from Clifford. I did too. Clifford's coming out with the takes today. Coming in hot. I love it. And Carl, you asked a question a little bit ago. Uh, I'm a, didn't want to make you feel like we forgot that one, but I'm going to go with yes. Justin Jefferson stays healthy. He is going to be a guy who's pushing a thousand yards season over season over season over season. The only thing would stop him is maybe Mike Zimmer and the offensive philosophy. <laughs> but outside of that, I think it's pretty well uh, a lock that he's going to get. Uh, those yards year over year. Uh, Miles, kind of an opposite side of a similar question here. Who is the player on the Bucks that absolutely is giving you fits, keeping you up, making you worried? The one guy that we need to make sure doesn't take over this game and blow things up for the Vikings? All of the above? Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> No, like you're you're talking about for their from their for their defense or offense. Anybody, because... anybody. Who's the guy that you're worried about just taking over this game, and yeah, just dominating Miles, the Vikings you know, from start to finish? The guy that we just have absolutely no answer for. You, you have you know either the side of the Miles. 
Well, it's probably in the trenches, the interior. I mean, and Dominican Sue and uh, I don't know who the other uh, uh, Vita Vea, right? Or, or is he hurt? I don't know. Um, but this defense, oh no, I think he's hurt, but either way. The, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are an elite run defense, or if they're not elite, they're really good. They don't give up the, they don't give up the run, and it's obviously hurt their their pass game because that's just put teams out in the to decide to you know pass more often. Um, I think, but I think the Vikings are a, are a stubborn type of team where they're going to be so focused on making sure that they run. They're actually third in the league. I think this came up on Twitter earlier. I think Eric posted it. The Vikings are, are oh, are you talking about the Bucks defense? Yeah, they're uh, probably first in the league against giving up the run. The Vikings are the type of team that want to continue to try to run the football no matter who it's against. And going in, this to me, that's the biggest impact. The Vikings offense needs to to take a uh, you know a page out of the Rams book a few weeks ago. The Rams, what was that Monday night? They went out to Tampa Bay and and or they might have been home. I don't care where it was. I don't care where it was. They they decided we're gonna we know that they're really good against the run and they're gonna overpower us against the run so we're gonna come out and we're gonna throw the ball we're gonna run a lot of jet sweep type motions and do what we do there but we're gonna throw the football and it worked you know Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup went off in that game well we have better receivers than Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and I don't like both those guys but we have better receivers than they do why we we should be doing something similar to that we should be watching that exact game and saying. How do we attack the edges of this Bucks defense, and how do we exploit them down the field? Like they have good defensive players, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr. They got Carlton Davis who's playing well, uh, Sean Bunting Murphy, Sean Bunting Murphy. Uh, like they have good good defensive backs, but they can still be attacked. And so, what I want to make sure of is the Vikings are deciding, hey, let's go out and let's attack that defense. Let's go attack them with Kirk Cousins and say, hey, hey, Kirk. This is your time, man. Hey, this is what this is what we're gonna do. This is what our game plan is gonna be. We can be a better version of what the Rams did with the weapons that we with the wide receivers we have. And so let's go out and do it. So to me, that's the that's where the biggest impact comes from. I think it's always gonna be offense. You're always gonna have to score points. You're not gonna the this team isn't gonna miraculously like give up less than 20 points to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. So you gotta score points, you gotta outpace them. Well, how do you outpace them? Well, you get some explosive plays in the pass game and you decide to let Kirk Cousins cook is what people are trying to say, right? So let him go. Um, and if you lose, it is what it is. Like, But in my opinion, in this type of game, you don't have any other option because the run game, use Dalvin Cook too. Like use Dalvin Cook in the pass game. And I think they've started to do that a little bit more the last few weeks. Do it. Do it even more. Let him, you know, put him out in the slot. Run him jet motions, like get him out on the edges because get Dalvin Cook the ball. Like you should be getting him the football, but make sure you're doing it a little bit more of a creative way and you're making sure you're doing it in the pass game too and not just trying to run the ball and do this, well, we got to make sure we establish a run and that's the only way we're going to win. No, that's not what this type of football game is going to be. So, you know, figure it out that way. All right, so Miles is. Uh, we got to open it up. We got to open it up early, and we just got to go sure. out there. We got to score points. If we're gonna win, it's gonna be a shootout. But we can't be doing what we sometimes seem to want to do, which is try to lose as slowly as possible. It's pedal to the metal. <laughs> I mean, hey, you. I mean that that sometimes feels like what we're trying to do out there, where we 
yeah, we make it hard on ourselves. Like run game isn't working, but you know, Dalvin still needs to get 32 touches this game because I don't know, Justin Jefferson is having a great game, but Dalvin still needs to get these 32 touches in this game because I don't know, I guess he has to, or, uh, yeah, they'll be upset with us. You they have move to pay him, him more money. They move him back you have to pay him more money, Jason. Huh? You have to you have to pay him more money if you don't give him the thirty two touches. It's in his contract, so yeah, probably, probably, <laughs> probably. All right, well, this is it. Let's wrap this thing up. We're gonna bring it home here, Prince. I'm getting you pinned down on this. What is your score prediction and your bold prediction for this game? Clifford, they've done it a few uh, times. The Vikings lose thirty-four to seventeen. Cool. Uh, bold prediction is there is a touchdown in each phase for the Bucks. Each Whoa. phase. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Good. You sure it's only gonna be thirty-four seventeen? That happening? They won't need to do more. Damn. So what you're telling me is you're you're definitely uh you're taking Tampa and the points this week. If yeah, you were I had Mike Evans on my fantasy, so oh, Bro, this, I understand. Oh, this par- hey, this parlay Prince about to this parlay Prince about to hit up, huh? Like offensive. Don't I base you this week? I don't know, probably. Probably okay. I'm running I'm running champ. I'm running champ. You can't beat me. Oh boy, hubris! My team, my hubris! Team, my team, my team's trash right now. So, <laughs> all right, Miles. They're same all thing trash right now. Score prediction, bold prediction. What you got for us, man? Also, Jerome in the house. Jerome, um, this one's this one's hard because I want to be more optimistic. I'm trying to be more optimistic, like I used to be. Um, this team broke your heart too many times, Miles. Stop. Oh, stop. I'm not chill. Oh, no, um, I didn't know that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say 37-30. Uh, Buccaneers. Um, bold prediction. The Vikings. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, the Vikings get a special teams touchdown. <laughs> I think that's a bold <laughs> I mean I that's that's super bold. That's super bold. Uh just to be contrarian, I'm gonna say the Vikings win the shootout. There so go. I'm gonna go with uh let's say 38-24 Vikings. The bold prediction Ooh. is the storyline coming out. Kirk Cousins outplays Tom Brady. MVP, baby. And 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 folks start <laughs> trying to put Kirk Cousins in. And the even bolder prediction, Kirk Cousins gets MVP votes before Russell Wilson. Hey. Actually, it's not that hey, you know, people don't like the hey, you, know, you know, You know what's even funnier is if that happened, uh, Jason, and uh, Kirk comes out and balls out like that, Yankee are going to come in here and say, yeah, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. You're right. Uh... <laughs> Who's the top five, though? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is it. That is all. We have made it through yet another episode. Viewers, thanks for sticking with us. We love the comments. Listeners, thanks for listening. You should be viewers too. So come on over to YouTube. Check us out while we do this thing live. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. Vlogmas continues. David, are you still back there?
Come on in. Tell the people what they can look for on the next day of Vlogmas. Hey, everybody. What everybody can look forward to tomorrow night, and I've got to bring up the schedule. Uh, that wasn't it. Hold on. Great audio. Uh, Vlogmas schedule is Thursday. GMG, two old bloggers, that's me and Darren Campbell from Grant's Tomb and Kick-Ass Blog, will be talking specific things, including our defensive line. We <sighs> talked about Shamar Stefan earlier. You guys did. And we'll be looking forward to the Bucks game just like you are. But that's tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Eastern, live for Vlogmas 2020, baby. I need one of those shirts, David. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Play the music. We can get it. Let's go. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.